Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. 200 episodes down. It's the Dave Damashek Football Program. Catch it on iTunes or at NFL.com slash Sheck. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program now with a new theme song or theme or introduction or whatever you call it. I wonder, do we stick with that one forever? Because we did just pass the big 2-0-0. Let's figure that out. And more importantly, let's figure out what happened in week eight and what impact it'll have now on the second half of the 2013 NFL season, which, by the way, is going way too quickly for my liking, save for a few sad examples. It's not going quickly enough for the Falcons. It's not going quickly enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And not quickly enough for the Houston Texans. But all right, let's not lament their state. Let's talk about all that's happening in the world of pro football. We're going to do it in just a little bit here with Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks on Twitter. And right now with my main man seated to my immediate right, he joined me and you in the celebration of the Big 2-0-0 last week. Thanks to everybody for dropping a line on Twitter and otherwise it's from NFL.com and from NFL Fantasy Live. Adam Rank, what's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. And thanks to uh, my friends over in the U.K. who helped convince me to come crash episode number 200. Because I was, you know, I was sitting at home. And it Outrageous. Just, just not doing anything because it's my day off. And, and I was on there with Ollie and the guys. And they said, you know what? Go, go, go to work. Mm-hmm. Barge through the door. Don't let black tie boss you around. And I did, and it was it was an honor to be a part of it. I said it, Black Tie. Did I say we can't do the show? We can't do episode two hundred if we don't have rank involved in it. Did I not say that, Black Tie, behind the glass? We can. No. What do you mean can? We can. We could have. I mean, we could have done it, and it would have been been soulless. It would have been gutted. Is he the heart? No. No. The fan is the heart. What am I? I'm trying to think. Am I the brains? No, not exactly. <laughs> I don't think that would be a fair description. I'm kind of like the liver. 
I yes. think. I filter all that is going on, a and I push bit. it Everything out. Everything comes through you. And by the way, Try I to make give, it less poisonous. And I got to give Tom Moore a, a shout-out, too, because I was giving Ollie all the credit, but it was Tom, too. So those kids are great. You and the English people now? We're, you know what? I went up against Team America in our fantasy league, so I feel like I, mm. I was a man without a home for at least a week. So they brought me in, and they were the ones who helped push me to come to 200. And I don't know, if you're the, if you're the, the liver, would I be the, the kidneys? Well, there's another body can, part I'm thinking of. Because I lost, I lost part thinking, of, uh, of another body part. No. Gotcha. All right. How <laughs> dare you? That's rude. That's unnecessary. All right. Cheap well, shots. listen. Hey, also, it's almost Halloween. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit, too. We'll figure it out. But uh, right now, Rank, All right. let's talk about what everybody's buzzing about after week eight. And shocking, shocking news. The residents of Mount Pius have their latest cause to wring their hands about and and cast their condescending opinions about to us mortals down on uh, the planet Earth and one Mr. Des Bryant for his behavior in Detroit on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What did you make of it? Let me say this to you. First of all, it was a great showdown, and Des Bryant probably did himself no favors in the week leading up to it because he was comparing himself to Calvin Johnson. Okay. Who it, who it, 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 it is worth... Reminding everybody. Now, I just wrote something, and it's coming out on the uh, on the sh- shame slash check report and our reality check, our little uh, our little video segment that we do now, where I say we as a society are not seeing the forest for the trees this NFL season because once again, Aaron Rodgers is the gold standard, and as I, you know, what I think, Rank, he's not just the gold standard now. He's the he's going to go down as the best of all time. And yet we're too busy talking about the good and the bad other stuff. Oh, Peyton Manning. Oh, look what he's doing in Denver. On the other hand, oh, Matt Schaub. Oh, what a mess Tampa Bay is. And Josh Freeman, that whole thing. What are the Eagles doing at quarterback? In the meantime, there he is, 5-2. and two. Green Bay Packers, you and I sat here and talked about maybe the Lions are going to win that division, maybe the Bears. The Pack will sneak into the playoffs, and it was sort of ho-hum, but Aaron Rodgers continues to dominate. You set your watch to him, his consistency, spectacular consistency. Same thing, Calvin Johnson will go down, and we've this is another discussion we've had is, who's the second greatest wide receiver of all time? And you think, oh, like with most of these sorts of debates, you think, Oh, well, it's got to be, and then you start thinking about, like, oh, there isn't a clear-cut number two guy in NFL history Wouldn't behind Jerry, Jerry Rice. Rice. Oh. Well, Jerry Rice is clearly number, one, number one at this point. Ahead of Don Hudson. But I don't want to have that conversation. No. Don Hudson doesn't count because he was playing in the, when, the 30s, 40s, against me and you. That's basically <laughs> who was covering him. The, the 30s equivalent of you and me. The, the best athletes were not playing in the NFL. So who cares what Don Hudson did? In the modern era, in the Super Bowl era, maybe like you've advanced Michael Irvin. You know, maybe it's T.O. or Randy Moss. Hard Though that is to believe. I think right now you could say Calvin Johnson's the second best of all time. Could you say that? You could say that. And at worst, he's going to retire that way. And he may even trump Jerry Rice when it's all said and done. Think about Look at his numbers. He's kind of on pace to do it. Anyway, when Dan... Well, hold on. You look at his quarterbacks, too, and this is no slight to Matthew Stafford, who is pretty pretty serviceable, pretty good quarterback, top 10 quarterback. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. But Jerry Rice was playing with Joe Montana and Steve Young. Right. And you could say, you know, and Montana 
realize Montana won two Super Bowls without Jerry Rice, so it's not like Jerry Rice came in and made Montana's career. Steve Young, you might be able to make that argument, but he still played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. people Look at, look at people's top 10 or 12 QBs of all time list. Steve Young is on a disturbingly high number of those. People always kiss Steve Young into this top 10 category because of his – who cares about quarterback rating? Oh. Everybody acknowledges that the quarterback rating is a flawed thing, and yet that's what always gets Steve Young into that top 10. It's crazy. His passer rating anyway, is so right. high, yes. Jerry Rice, whether he's there, Calvin Johnson is, like I say, maybe not today. Maybe we could debate it. But in three years from now, I think it'll be numbers-wise and otherwise beyond debate. If he has – he's going to go out and put out a, a, another epic year. Right. We, I guess we can both assume that. Next year, would it take one more – year like the last two or two more years like the last two to where he finally is like, you know what? He is kind of better than Jerry Rice. The thing that he's not going to ever catch up, I assume, that he, the, the thing Jerry Rice did a ton of was score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, th- this is not a fair comparison. Steven Jackson, Steven Jackson isn't the running back that Calvin Johnson is as a wide receiver. But they're both – they haven't been on good teams very much, so it's hard to say, well, Jerry Rice scored more touchdowns. Yeah, I guess he would on a, on a team that scores a lot of touchdowns in general. Anyway, so let's say Calvin Johnson is the second best or whatever he is, the third best right now, the fifth best. He's on his way to being one of the two or three all-time greats. So Des Bryant compares himself to it and puts himself in the spotlight as a result. But I don't think he's wildly inaccurate by saying that he's pretty close in talent to Calvin Johnson. Oh, no. And, you know, look at the raw numbers of the game. Of course, it's a close game. The Cowboys, first of all, had no business being in that game. They got completely outplayed by Detroit, so it was fortuitous for them to even be around there. But look at the specific numbers. Tony Romo goes 14 of 30. And by the way, that defense in Detroit, the pass defense in Detroit, I think is 25th and the Cowboys is now 32nd. This is after the game and getting torched for 488 by Matthew Stafford obviously depressed those numbers some. But either way, both bad pass defenses. Tony Romo goes 14 to 30 for 206. He targets Des Bryant only 6 times mm-hmm. in the whole game. Des makes spectacular catches one spectacular touchdown, a bad ball by Romo. The idea that, well, I can't throw it to Des because he's double covered. Well, Matt Stafford doesn't have any compunction with pulling the trigger in double or triple coverage to Calvin Johnson. Why? Because he knows that Calvin's always going to knock it away. Des Bryant, same thing with that. So That should be the logic. There is no bad time to throw the ball to Des Bryant. He's your one consistent playmaker. So, they Stafford and Romo go for 134 and 159, respectively, yards, uh, uh, passing yards, not to their respective number one wide receivers. What's the difference in the game? How often Stafford just kept forcing the ball to Calvin Johnson the remainder of the game. That's a, Of course, Des Bryant is upset. He's watching Calvin Johnson. It's not that he's measuring himself necessarily, or is he? That's I guess is that's it? the question. I just don't think that... You, let me ask you, okay, when he's pulling a tantrum is he pulling a tantrum do you think because the cowboys are losing or because well they were winning 
He wasn't losing. So then he's upset that he's not getting as many targets as I don't Calvin know. Johnson. Well, how do you know the content of his well, words? I'm asking you. I one. don't know. We can body speculate. Language. Oh, body language. There he is, yeah. the body language expert. This tell. is a perfect time for Black Tie's de- for the debut of his body language expert analysis. Des Bryant, even when he scored his first touchdown, you could see his celebration was definitely pointing to the fact that, yeah, Calvin just did what he did. But I told you I could do just as good or even better. That's when he coming off his ridiculous one-handed catch. Uh-huh. At the end of the game, he knew he was talking. He knew he had to step up. It was the equivalent to when Jordan used to play. And people would come to Michael Jordan and say, Jerry Stackhouse, coming MJ, I could take him. And MJ would go out and jump 50. That's the equivalent of what Calvin Johnson just did to him. And he knew it. And it's almost like he was trying to let the audience know and let people know that, hey, guys, this wasn't my fault. You know, mm-hmm. I came to play. I wasn't given the ball. So... At least you guys know I cared about it. You can see me. I'm I'm physically caring about it. You can see that. So how was how was Dez's body language when Terrence Williams had his huge touchdown? Did you? Uh, didn't, get, didn't catch a shot of that one. Oh, you didn't. Oh, didn't okay. catch a shot of so that one. So when it was but. when it was favorable for Dez Bryant, who is seen celebrating his teammate and propping hey, him I'm up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the one directing the game. See, I didn't I, see the shot of that. No, no, no. There was a shot of it because I saw it. I was. I was. Curious about it because Terrence Williams has now scored a touchdown in four consecutive four games, games. Correct. and so I'm like, I wonder how Des feels about that, especially after the weekend. And Des looked very happy. He was out there celebrating. He seemed to be celebrating his teammate, which might go against your theory. The, the thing is, is that when you looked at it at the end of the game, like the one play that he really got upset about was because they were going to Dwayne Harris, who seemed to be triple covered, and I could uh, I could see Des Bryant being upset with that, being like, wait. If you're going to force the ball to anybody, force it to me, force it to Terrence, don't force it to Dwayne Harris. He, you have no, with Jason Witten on the field, you have no business looking at Dwayne Harris unless there's nobody around him. So I, I get Des there. And then his meltdown at the end of the game, if you read his body language in trying to decipher what he was saying, it looked like he was saying, I'm tired of this stuff about the defense blowing it. Once again, who on that team is not tired of that stuff? Tony Romo has been around for most of most of it. Des has only well, been around may, the last few so years. But so what? So maybe Des? Tony. Maybe the lesson is that Tony Romo needs to do more of it. Like you point out, Michael Jordan is hailed for being that way. Kobe Bryant, not as much, but it's well known that Kobe Bryant yells at his teammates all the time. Tom Brady yells at his teammates. Yep. Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, they all yell at the, these legends. Guess what? Here's something we've talked about quite a bit. These guys, you know how they always talk about when Ryan Clark was on the air with us last July, back in sunnier days in the city of Pittsburgh when it didn't seem like the Steelers might lose games to the Raiders. Although why anybody, including me, ever thought they would beat the Raiders when they never beat that bum team is beyond me. Anyway, Ryan Clark recounted for us a story about Ben Roethlisberger that you hear about all these super competitive guys. They always want to win every single thing, whether it's ping pong in the locker room, but the reference is always to Tiddlywinks. Hey, doesn't matter what you're playing. He wants to beat you at Tiddlywinks. I don't know why when no one has played Tiddlywinks in 100 years, that is the go-to. But anyway, point is, these guys are super competitive. And you know what that makes them in in the real world? Real world? Jerks. No one wants to be around those guys. They're not fun to be around those. Su- you grew up with those guys, right? Oh, yeah. I grew we used to play backyard wiffle ball at the so-called Checker Memorial Stadium. You know, mm-hmm. we in our backyard, we would play fantastic all-star game wiffle ball games every day of summer. You know, we because I had all the ball caps or a lot of them, the Jays, and you were all the players of the day. So every time you took an at-bat, you put on a different cap and you were a different player on either the American League or National League. And it was always undone by B. 
you know, because he was a really good hitter. Our one, our, our one, my one friend David B. He what he because he, he was really good. But I'd get in his head, you see, and there with no pitch count, with no with with nobody keeping the count on balls and strikes. All you could do is strike a guy out. You could never walk a guy right. or beat him. So I would just I would just take my time with him. I you know I I'd keep it down. I wouldn't give him anything to hit until he finally struck out. Then he'd get angry and he would literally walk home, and the game would be ruined because he would do that. That's the way these guys are. They they, they get angry and they yell and they're temperamental. Sorry that they're not the, exactly the way you want. In in an age. When we complain constantly, or at least the residents of Mount Pius, this guy is making so much money and he doesn't care. He doesn't care enough. He doesn't try hard. He's just taking a paycheck. Well, then which is it? You know, we can't have exactly the way you want. You you know, I want him. I don't want him too hot, but I don't want him too cold either. I'll take Des Bryant behaving like that. It indicates to me that he knows he's good. He wants to be a part of the win. And that's it. And by the way, I don't know if Tony Romo's lying or not, but one thing's for sure, he doesn't he didn't uh blame Dez or or didn't accuse Dez of of berating him on the sideline. As a man, wouldn't Tony Romo if he was being humiliated like let's say Jeff Garcia was a generation ago by TO, he was really humiliated by him, you know. Mm-hmm. If Tony Romo was suffering the same sort of abuse, wouldn't he as a man say something publicly like yeah, Dez is you know, being petulant. We, no, he defends him. He said, no, he wasn't talking about that. Des isn't me first. Why would he? Why wouldn't he do that, Black Tie? It doesn't matter what he's saying. If you're that well, it does much, matter. If exactly, you're being it matters. That, if you're being that out, that, you know, that demonstrative about it, then he's got to take offense as a quarterback. The fact that him, J- Jason Garrett, none of those guys were was trying to calm down Des. Only DeMarcus Ware did that at the end of the game. It's just like it's either they're just totally ignoring him because they know what he is, or they're just enabling him. It's like, come on, guys, you got you. I don't care what it is you're saying, but you can't just be that physically. Okay, right at the end when Jason Witten and and uh, Des were getting into it, that's different. But the thing went, but but people were going crazy well before that when he was yelling at Romo, and it seemed like he was cross with him. Who knows what the what the real story was? But if you believe Tony Romo, it wasn't any big deal. It wasn't anything that was berating Romo or the. He still was showing up in Michael Irvin Center. Why wouldn't Romo say that he was showing me up? Why does he want well, that I mean, stink at that, on him? At that point, it's just like, hey, just, 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 let's just move on from this. But Michael Irvin Center on game day final on Sunday, and it's like, hey, you can you can yap all you want, but the one guy you can't yap to is your quarterback because that's, 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 that's your money right there. That's that's your salary. You can't – he said he was going to talk to Dez about that. But I'm surprised Romo took that. No other no other elite quarterback is taking that from a wide right receiver. You, you Can you see what? Peyton Manning listen, sitting down and – Having a wide receiver come at him that way, or Tom Brady, they would Jeff Saturday they would put him in their him. place. No, Peyton Manning was putting Saturday in his place. No, no, Saturday went right back at him. Yeah, that's right. Well, he did. That is right. But Manning was first, was first to call him out. Like they're not, you're not doing that. Oh, again. listen, no, Roethlisberger has his back and forth with Todd Haley. Um, I'm trying to think of of all the big name QBs as we run through these. I guess Drew Brees really hasn't had a conflict like that that I can think of. But Manning, ha- but the, we get Manning there. That was different, though. It was back and forth. All right, Black Tie. We're at the halfway point in the season. I think it's a good time to get into one of your world famous blacklists. The blacklist. Black Tie reads current events. The blacklist. Damn a second wreck if they're coming. The blacklist. The blacklist. 
All right, guys, starting off, we're talking quarterbacks as always. As you guys know, the National Football League is a quarterback league. I've heard that. You've heard that before? Yeah, I have. I've always said you're only as good as your backup quarterback. I don't. That hasn't caught on as much. Oh, I addressed that very subject, backup QBs yeah. and where to find them on it's this cool. week's uh, Sheck slash Shame Report. It's quarterback league, but you're only as good as your backup quarterback. All right, guys, with that in mind, who are your midway through the season, who are your top five quarterbacks? Top five QBs. Yep. Top five Rank. QBs. Why don't you go? Unless you're not off, prepared. Are we going off of uh, history? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's the standard the you want to gauge. No, no, well, that's a, an interesting question because Daniel Jeremiah, the way he does it, I did remember two years ago I did – my standard is, and I guess this is still right. You have what you have to win one game. That's the only information you're getting. You've got, I'm not going to tell you anything else. I'm not telling you how good the offensive line is. I'm not telling you who your receivers are. I'm not telling you the strength of the defense. All I'm saying is, you need a quarterback to win one game. Tell me your top five based on that, or is it based on stats? Do well, it the way you want to. Okay, I'm not. Well, I'm not who am I to dictate to you how you have to figure out your criteria? Here's what I need. When you talk about winning one game, is this a playoff game? Is this a October regular season game with nothing on the line? Because this would be two different answers. I mean, if it's if it's an October game against an overmatched foe, then Peyton Manning is well, your. I know you like Kibitzin about fantasy football, but I could, I, you know, no, I, I really not. don't have a great deal of interest in the numbers. Is it a playoff game outside? Let's say that, yeah. That well, let's say stuff? it's an important game that you want to win. That's all game. I'm telling you. I'm not telling you where, I, what I just say. I'm not telling you anything else. I'm not giving you details. I'm not telling you the climate. I'm not telling well, then, you the foe. How can there? There's two well, different. Listen, there's too that's many it. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can. Okay, you know what? It's like okay, you need to bring some clothing. Okay, where are we going? Well, I'm not going to tell you whether it's going to be hot or whether it's going to be cold. Well, then you better. Whether it's going to be raining. Or yeah, it's you can be bring snowing. one item. I'm not telling you where. Then that's when you would want your Swiss Army knife because you want to be ready as as much as you I can will, possibly be prepared. I will guys, always bring an overcoat. Yes. Quickly, uh, Daniel Jeremiah is actually walking in the studio, so how about we give a top five quarterbacks uh, midway through the season from just based on the season? Bring them in. And Here we have and we have DJ Radom. Okay, here we he is, it. everybody. Like we mentioned a little bit ago, from a, you know him on Twitter as at Move the Sticks. He is personnel guru. He was a scout for the Ravens and the Eagles and the Browns and uh, so on and so forth. How are we? It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's going on, boys? How Nothing. are you? How are you, fellow? He's still calling you boss. He's still my boss. So yes. <laughs> Checking. I just want to make yes. sure. Normally, I'm in here for that part of the of the uh, you know what discussion, and I missed it. So I just want to make sure that we're, we're doing still a spirited. Okay. We're di- we're in the midst. I just of want the to make sure the suppression, here. the suppression in, in here is still taking no, place. We're still talking about QB. No. You know, still I workers like paradise. <laughs> now your standard, Jeremiah, yep. and then we'll get into some Halloween talk, maybe because nice. you got the little ones. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Also, um, but we're talking QBs right now. I just said you do your thing each year about. QB for one throw, for one court, for one series, for one game, for one mm-hmm. season. I, so Black Tide just asked, top five QBs right now at the midway point in 2013. Here's my answer off the top of my head. I'm not applying any standards other than uh, you know going with my heart and my ample gut. Can we uh, can we just eliminate the three wise men right off the top? And well, just who? I, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is number one, and to me, it's not close. Rogers, it's not even close. It's close. Rodgers, Breeze, and Manning. Just fine. What are you They're, talking about? What about Brady? Yeah, he's number four. It was so. So wait a second. So Brady is somehow below Breeze Shaq, and Shaq, Peyton go ahead. Give, us your, give us your top five. Shaq, rank you get your chance. Okay, Rogers one. I will go Brady two. 
I will go Breeze 3. I have to go Manning because it's 2013 and the numbers are off the charts. So I have to put him at 4. And I guess Andrew Luck. I'd li- I mean, but uh, if we're talking about win one game, I still, I'm sorry, make, call me a homer, but I still like Ben Roethlisberger with all the marbles on the line, as, even though his team is, has lost to the likes of the Vikings and the Raiders so far this year. Yeah, I would say same guys. I'd have Breeze, number one, Brady, two. Nah, maybe A-Rod, two, Brady, three, Manning, four, Andy Luck. No, I'd put Andy Luck I'll tell you what, though. How about how Matt Stafford looked on Sunday? I it's mean, fun. he was he, he drilled a couple throws, and we talked about uh, in advance of the game, that Cowboys-Lions game winner legitimizes themselves as a team that has a real shot come January, whereas the other one falls back into this questionable territory. Um, Stafford maybe is closer. He's like six, seven, eight somewhere in that range, along with Cam Newton and Roethlisberger probably. So is this list the the most talented quarterbacks, or is this for who's played the best for the first half of the season? Mm. Yes, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just kidding. Who's played the best the first who's half played of the season? Who's played the best? Then, then Philip Rivers uh, has to be in the top five. Say, yeah, he played uh, almost seventy four percent of his passes. Yeah, it's true. But they're all short passes this year. That's eh, no, not Alex protect, Smith protecting the football. He's got touchdowns. He's got. I mean. Guys played pretty well. I just think it's two different, to- totally different lists. To me, if you're talking about just the most talented guys, if I had to go, we're talking about go right, winning talented, game. Talented yeah, wise, right. Aaron Rodgers to me is the number one guy. If we're talking about talent, if you're going to go off of who played the best, Peyton Manning's head and shoulders above everybody else, just in terms of who's played the best through eight games. So two totally different lists. Let's let's do the talented one. Who who All right. think just the Aaron Rodgers? Dip- because if we can't go off, we can't say it's off the first half because Roethlisberger had eight touchdowns and seven picks. So he's, I mean, even as a Pittsburgh guy, you can't put him in your top five. I feel for like how they've played in the first half. How the teams played versus how he's played, yeah, are two different things. Eight touchdowns, seven picks. All right, fair enough. Fair okay. enough. You're right. You're All right. right. All right. So Touché. the most talent, most talented guys. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers number one. You know, to go win to go win a football game, I put him number one. Gosh, I'll tell you what, if I got to go win a football game, I'm, I think I might go Drew Brees yes, number sir. two on my list. How come? Answer me this. What's weird to me about the Saints and that prolific offense is it's really distinctive because. As much as they throw it, he never throws to wide receivers. How do they? I mean, they, all they it's it's, it's Kenny mi- Stills. Kenny Stills, he hit. He's coming on a little yep. bit, but Mar- is Marcus Colston? I mean, he gets used well, got, some, but they, is he long got, in the tooth? Uh, he got his guy back though this week. Undersized receivers been there for Lance, Lance Moore. Thank you, Lance Moore. Yeah, you know, made some plays. So he's gonna. I mean, he literally it's cliche, but he does. He throws to the guy that's open, and the thing is, he's got two mismatch players. Or his tight end and his running back, and those yeah. are the guys that are usually the most open. So that's where the ball it's goes. It's almost a shame because the thing that not a shame, obviously they're they're winning games and highly productive. But Pierre Thomas, man, he could be on on a lot of different teams that want to just run the ball a lot. He could mm-hmm. absolutely of all the guys I see playing, he's among the the few who could handle twenty five carries week in and week out. Look, I look at him, and this is I would love to get your take on this. You guys, everybody here, the. If you took him and put him on the San Francisco 49ers, took Frank Gore off, and, just, oh, yeah. and they were just as committed, would the numbers be any different with Pierre Thomas versus Frank Gore? I, I, I'm a big Frank Gore fan, but I just I'd love to see. No, they'd be even better. Let's say they'd be the same at worst. I think in, as far as running the ball goes. But the other thing he does great is who's better? Block. What? What? Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing is what? What? Uh, 
um, every down back catches the ball better than he does and, and is more effective on those screens and extent breaking tackles, and he's more elusive than than you think. And yet, he sort of almost feels like a spare part in that offense. <laughs> well, sure. it speaks it speaks to how they play and how good Drew Brees is too. They don't even really need to to use that. By the way, every time you watch Drew Brees play, if you're on defense and you see Drew Brees's head tilt up. You're getting ready to see a touchdown. Have you, have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah, what games with that move? I, I absolutely I, yeah, see him do as that. As soon as the head goes up, the ball's going over your head, and it's. Yeah. I, I really think it is because he's not very tall, and he's literally up on his toes. And I just, I think of it like I have kids in my house. We have four kids. Put some some of the goodies up on the top shelf <laughs> in the pantry, and it's literally like they're just reach, reaching head up on their toes to try and get that cookie up. And that's what when Drew Brees does that, you know that's that a great the tell. Over your head. It's so funny. I was watching highlights. Uh, I was watching highlights after the games, and I. Know Notice that very thing that when he's going deep with the ball, his chin goes up, the helmet looks up to the heavens, kind of thing. That you're probably right too about you also your see hypothesis. It, the, the other pl- t- time you'll see that too is when you go watch like Pee Wee football, or you watch little kids playing tackle football because they're not used to trying to look through the bars of a face mask. Huh. Right. So they'll try and tilt their head up to try and st- thinking it's going to help them see. It's just it's interesting when you watch it. I never liked. Did you ever try catching when you were playing baseball? That yeah. takes a long time to get over when the bat swings to not blink. Oh yeah, to be able to, to track the ball into your mitt. You can still side note. You can still see the major leaguers in some uh, photographs. Will really? have, a, have a little bit of a blink. Huh. Or maybe that was just Mike Napoli, but you would see it. You're like, oh okay. Well, look, look who uh, is also joining us now in Studio 66, all the way from across the Atlantic Ocean. Although now I don't know if he's still interested in in, in uh, our version of pro football. Because his Dolphins, after three in a row, have now lost the last four. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm okay today, Dave. Today, Dave. Thank you. Good. Chin up, fella. Thank you very much. Yeah, since Jeff Ireland got his contract extension, the Dolphins have miraculously lost four in a row. Whew. Read into that what you wish. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Um, hey, by the way, let me by ask you. By the way, you. these two guys can't be – it used to be a thing it's where they rare. can never be in the room at the same time. Now it's they will only appear at the same they time. They should make yeah. a TV show or a movie about them called Double Trouble. And it's about how they were separated at birth. One had to move to England. The other one moved out to the West Coast and take it from there. Well, well actually, I, it's their true life you, story. I say you called J.J. Abrams, and we have the basis for Episode 7 of Star Wars. Oh, that that's going to be the heart of it, really? Uh, a, a complete, I think that uh, was right quite turn. a disappointment. A set of twins. <laughs> Based on what's happened up until now. Another set of twins who have just had to been... Hey, right. how come? Do you know the answer to this uh, as an Englishman, uh, Handsome? Why did um, George Lucas or whoever make the decision that the that the Imperial forces were all English? They all have a British accent. What well, is the? It was uh, at that time. That was the same era that every bad guy in every Hollywood movie had, had was British. But shouldn't they have like a German accent? That would no, make no, more no, no, sense. No, 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 no. British accent at that point. And I think you and I may have talked about it since then. But there, there, there have been phases in Hollywood hmm. bad guys. Um, British accents were pretty much standard. Then there was a period where German was was a good one. Right. Um, then but, Russia. But, but Russia, Russia the... was a good one. And actually now that you're seeing a lot of English accents coming back as, as bad ah. guys. What about Sir Alec Guinness? Obi-Wan. 
Oh he's yeah, good, true. Yeah, yeah. The there's greatest, a wrinkle. He was the greatest of well, all. Wow, but as Luke told us in Empire at the beginning of uh, Jedi, he was none too pleased with Kenobi for lying to him. It's like in a manner of speaking, I was telling you the truth. Don't use your slick talk on me, Kenobi. You're still telling me you you you, you fibbed about the old man. Mm-hmm. You told me he was dead. He's not dead. He's he's well. He's doing quite well in that black suit of his. Dave, you've got to get over this. All right. Dave, by the way, yes. I got uh, Twitter this weekend for some reason. There was a lot of anger, a lot of anger amongst, amongst the folks. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. this weekend, especially this weekend. But anyways, this one guy, um, and he is uh, at Matt Phillips 78. He was he went after me a little bit. Didn't think I was giving the Chiefs enough respect. And because of our current company here, I just I want to read you a couple of the tweets at the very end here. We, we ended up on good terms, but he said, uh, last, last two tweets, I'm a British guy, too, and we're all a bit uptight over here, as you know. Best wishes. And then the next tweet he sends me, just ask Handsome Hank. I'm That's telling true. you, the phenomenon of Handsome Hank. I mean, over he's everywhere. Seat, he went to the, to the first London game, uh, the Steelers and Vikings, a few weeks back, and he was treated like uh, Elton John walking uh, walking in the bowels of the <laughs> he stadium. Speaks, he speaks for a nation on Twitter. He does. And yeah. they, listen, true or false, people are stopping you for photographs. True. But, wow. I, mean, yeah. Yeah. Wow. but, but I don't know why. Are you Which Daniel is, uh, Jeremiah? They yeah. <laughs> wanted to know, was I yeah. Daniel Jeremiah? And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll sign that. So oh, and my other, my other favorite hobby for the weekend off, off uh, track here again is I love to go through anytime. I'm sure you guys have done it. Anytime you write something, go back and scroll through some of the comments oh, and just pull great. out some of the beauties. Oh, yeah. So I did a, uh, a mind-blowing stats video, and so I came across, and it's me and Dan Helly, and this guy's comment underneath it was, who are these two boring nobodies? <laughs> on the second, I thought, you know what? That's what I would love on my tombstone. Daniel Jeremiah, you know, born, died, boring, boring nobody. nobody. <laughs> I like, my favorite is then you have those, and then you have the, I earn $2,000 oh, yeah, by, just by being at home. Yeah, and then like someone just put the, coins. I don't know how yeah. we, what the whole coin coins. thing is on our website, but the people dig the people coins. I heard, I get a lot of, well, I've got a lot of, I get a few suggestions that I take my own life. <laughs> Which I don't know. I feel like that would be severe if I did that, you know. And I, but I, I'm tempted to do it just to just to make them feel bad. Dave is not doing. And you click on the shame report video, and it just it just handsome Hank soberly saying, Dave "I'm sorry, Dave's week. not here because one of you encouraged him to take his own life, and he took you up on it. And I he hope was you killed, feel. And he was killed by an English bad guy. Just to tie it all, oh, all together. Good, I like it. Um, I also get I also get some uh, like how does this guy still have a job at the NFL? Oh, I that's want, a common one. That's I a want his one. job. Yeah, I want his job. Can I get paid to to? He gets to, paid to do oh, this. That's how, yeah. that's the. I, I think that's the most. And, the, and the also the classic is anytime you say anything critical. How many how many career receptions do you have? Talking about him <laughs> dropping passes. Well, you know, yeah. in high school on a, on a throwback pass, I caught two balls. Does and, it count uh, my intramural games at a Cal State Fullerton? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite though is, and you get this a lot with the fantasy, is everybody's like, "You're a genius," and they will get the "you're wrong." Every yeah, yeah. time. That's, I don't, the, that, wow, that's you're, the you're an idiot spelt wrong fast. My, if, in the name of my fantasy team, if you're Y O U R an spelled oh, yeah. A N D, yes, and then idiot. That's that's the best. Nobody that you could. Uh, that you can. And then you have the trap. You have the trap too. I, I've never. I mean, are we really that stupid? Hey, at Move Six, can I ask you a question? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm not, there's zero chance I'm falling into that Including one. Including this one, no. <laughs> 
the worst of all, I or my the one that really gets under my skin of late is the people who type um U M um the sarcastic um. Um, dot, dot, dot. Last time I checked, that's not you know he he's pretty good you know Peyton Manning's uh, pretty productive, mm-hmm. but there's nothing more obnoxious. Please. I feel that unless I'm... you're a grown man <laughs> typing LOL, please. <laughs> that's terrible. That's also you should be embarrassed. Ha ha, ha, ha is acceptable. Ha ha, that's good. Get, yeah, go with that's ha, my ha. fallback. I, my fallback. Better I, anything better than LOL. I feel I'm the one who pioneered. Um, that's what people are just calling. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, that's that's <laughs> a real fun. This is that's apologize. going on your tombstone. I'm, the, I'm like the guy who invented DDT. You're like, oh, I wish I could uninvent this. In fact, that's a, that's I, all your tombstone's going to say like, is, um. um. I love the fact that like the like, guy Calvin Johnson had 14 for 329, and we were going through the archives of what people do on Twitter for <laughs> oh, 10 minutes. Oh, Rank and I hashed through it. covered it. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. I'll ask you both now, because it is the big story now for all the residents of Mount Pius, Des Bryant. I won't tell you what me and rank said okay I'll, just tell me what your thoughts were i'll start with you dj my thoughts we're looking at it from a different angle here were it was a missed opportunity it was a missed opportunity for a guy that's taken more heat maybe than anybody in the national football league if tony romo would have jumped off that bench and gotten right back in des bryant's face he would have got more street cred than he could Interesting. I mean, it would it would it would it would have been an image changer, in my opinion. It would have been a huge opportunity. Why are you celebrating black tie? That's essentially what I just said. I was just saying how Tony from Tony Roman not standing up for himself. That oh, just yeah. shows you how I he's said it's not pathetic, part right. of the class of the true elite quarterback. Okay, all right. So so that's fair. Okay, so that so that was one the one thing. I, so I, you I, thought then, in other words, what you're implying then is that you thought Des Bryant was out of line. And look, I can't, you know, I can't see what he, I don't know what he's saying down That's there. That's exactly it, right. But so but everybody else isn't worried about that. But, but what no. he actually said, everybody's just assuming what he said. Well, it, did, it didn't pass the eye test. I mean, it didn't look like he was saying, you know, you know, hey, let's let's get it going as a team. It looked different than that. Now, I, I wasn't down there, so I'm not going to have a real strong, strong take on it. I, the, the number one takeaway for me was I just don't see that happen. Like, if somebody tried to talk to Tom Brady like that, there's no way Boy, he would have jumped up off you. that bench. That's exactly what Black Tie said. I don't Anyways. know what that means for you, DJ, but that's <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, look, and, you know, Tony Romo takes. You know, I don't want to make this a big Tony Romo thing. I just thought, you know, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a big negative for Tony Romo as much as it could have been a huge positive. He could have done that. I think it would have just been, you know, whoa, Tony Romo does have that in him, you know. Yeah. But how say you? I, I I wonder what what I'm interested in what led up to that. So I, here's what I imagine happened again. Obviously, no I, no idea that this was what happened. But the likes of Jerry Jones are saying, "Wow, this week it's you against Megatron. This is your chance to show that you're as good as the mm-hmm. guy that they call the best receiver in the NFL." And the frustration, obviously, you know, when it didn't happen, he was he was targeted I think six times. It just boiled over for him. And and so I wonder, like, who was in his ear during the course of the week to build him up? And, and tell him that this game was as big as it well, he was, was. I think he was going to build him up. I think to and I'm that sure was going to be personal one-on-one matchup with him right. coming into that game regardless. But, but, I bet but, you, but I bet you coaches were like, well, we can play on this. Des obviously feels like this is an opportunity for him to show off what he can do, and so they probably spent the whole week telling him that, wow, this is your chance to, yeah, to and the rare. They should have let him play defense. Now, that would have been fun. <laughs> the rare occasions that Romo threw it in his direction, he made plays. He yeah. held up his that end catch, of the bargain. I mean, the, he just catch, didn't, the, right. the, the first touchdown was as good was a, a catch as we've seen this, this season. Now, next question that we we're talking about. Is Calvin Johnson right now the second greatest receiver of all time? 
Wow. I mean, who would go ahead of him? That's the I question. Mean, it's so easy to say, oh, Jerry no, Rice has but all there the num- isn't. Jerry Rice has all the numbers and all that. Well, but Jerry I mean, Rice is one. But, yeah, I mean, he's... Calvin he's, Johnson, he's by the, he's the way, the, his numbers are on track to beat him, save the touchdown record. I, mean, I think I think Calvin Johnson's the toughest cover in NFL history. Hmm. I, mean, I mean, like, you know where it's going, you know, one-on-one, put the best corner out there with him and, and see what happens. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't even take Jerry Rice over him in that type of, in a one-play type of a situation. Yeah, he's that's so true. Like we talk about with Jimmy Graham, you could really just throw the ball, just make sure you throw it high enough, and who's going to get the ball away from Calvin Johnson in that? As long as no. you're accurate and throw it high intentionally, then why would Calvin Johnson, at worst, not knock the ball away? It should yeah. never get intercepted if you're throwing in his direction. Handsome, how say you? I, I agree with DJ. I'd actually I put Randy Moss up there as well in terms of a guy that, you know, if you want to – this is crazy because Jerry Rice was as good as he was. He had two great quarterbacks throwing to him and two ah. really accurate quarterbacks throwing to him. But I think I would rather have Randy Moss and Calvin Johnson on the field. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm thinking it through. Michael Irvin is is up there. Rank is the one who advanced that one. Tio, uh, but but really statistically and otherwise, Tio is going yeah, to be in like a lot the top of drop, four. You got five. a lot of drops. A lot of drops with Tio. I mean, he's a he's a physical freak, and he you know is capable of making as good a play as anybody. But it, you had more negative moments with him just it's, with the drops. I it's think, an interesting list though, because once you get by uh, the the handful of names I just said, there's really nobody in that. The, there, it's such a drop off. I mean, Steve Largent is probably in the top five of all time, and it, it really drops off severely mm-hmm. once you get past a very few names there. All right, Black Tie, let's continue now. We've been doing the blacklist now, but we've gone for 20 minutes now on one subject. What's next here? All right, guys, next question. With the season, once again, halfway through, who's been the biggest disappointment? A couple of options. Chip Kelly's offense and how that was supposed to revolutionize the NFL. You have, obviously, Shiano and the Bucks as being terrible. Biggest disappointment. I'll start with you, Handsome Hank. I'm going to say neither are the ones that TD um, mentioned. Nor am I, by the way. Good for you. Um, I am going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. That's what I was going to go. Everybody. I mean, I think, I, hands up in this room who had them. I had the, them winning the Super Bowl. I had them, I had the them, I had them yeah. exactly. So, look, these, this is a team that we all thought was going to be great. They they were, they were a, you know, a game away um, from from uh, getting there last year, and everyone thought they were going to be better, and they've been horrible. I mean, even, even down to, like, then yesterday going to Arizona and laying an egg, that's just nasty. Arizona's good. Let's get yeah, them yeah, a little but, credit. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, but, like, we all... Are you a Bears fan or a Cardinals fan? Have we figured that whole thing out yet? Bears. Good night. You know, <laughs> he, you're, you're the he least sprung off that chair like a very strong Cardinals fan. Yeah. A very offended wow. Cards fan right yeah. there. That's not a, interesting. interesting. No, True colors just, may be red. Right? They're, they're four and four. It's not like they play in the toughest hey, division not, in the I'm NFL. not saying they're a bad team, but, uh, you, but if we're talking about the Falcons as a team that could have won the Super Bowl, they're clearly not going to now, and then they came off a bye week, right, and they, and they still couldn't perform. I, I just feel like... They should have beaten the Arizona you know Cardinals in Arizona if they want to even be taken remotely seriously. And what's interesting to point out there is that every team that played the Seattle Seahawks this year went and got blown out the week afterwards. Until this week. Until this week. But they, but the, I guess the, what you could say is that the Cardinals had from Thursday to Sunday to, to prepare rather than the, the week to lick their wounds. Frank, how say you? The biggest disappointment has to be the Houston Texans because the AFC – was pretty wide open. I know that, you know, the Broncos have been playing pretty well, but it's going to get cold there in Denver. So week 
they might have peaked already. And then the Chiefs was, were a team that I liked last year but didn't think that they would be 8-0. But the Texans looked like a team that was ready to finally assert themselves. Great defense, good enough quarterback, great running game. And they've pretty much just fallen flat on their face. And now they're just – they seem out of it. Case Keenum's going to start there, so I don't even oh, see Oh, that's any. done. Yeah, They're Case Keenum. Well, obviously, he's not going to turn him into a playoff team. I'll go. I, I, we did this uh, on NFL.com with our, uh, one we'll of our We'll say instant- this about Case Keenum, though. He does have the best buddy language out of the Texas quarterback. <laughs> right. Oh, no. He gets in that pocket oh, like he knows what damn. he's doing. When right. things go wrong, you can see it in him, like, you know, stamping the field, just being mad. Like, he actually knows what he's doing. I'm Way really, more confident than Schaub and uh, what's Yates, whatever his name is. I'm kind of bummed that we've indulged this with Black Time. Is it I bad? Like it. I, think it's sweet. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think what it's is, nice he has a thing. <laughs> is it weird? Are we making too the much? worst producer ever? Am I, am I looking for, uh, for trouble by, <laughs> with an undefeated team? <laughs> By saying that the Chiefs, maybe we should raise an eyebrow because two straight home games, one against Case Keenum, the next against Jason Campbell, both games they almost lost. Well, I mean, I watched that game. and The one thing about Cleveland, their record 3-5, and five, and you talk about the quarterback, but their defense is, is really good. There's a lot of really good players in that defense, and they got after the quarterback. Played well on that side of the ball, kept the score down. Um, look, it's going to be hard. You're not going to. They're not going to run the table. They've played close games, but I, you know, I think that there's something to be said for figuring out a way to win those games. Maybe you're not playing. Sure. The, the opponents aren't up, but finding a way to win. That's the same thing with the Patriots. I mean, if you just watch the Patriots games, didn't ever look at standings. You never went to the website. You never looked at the standings. What do you think their record was? I mean, you think they're like 500? Yeah. It's so true. You're well, absolutely. Amazing. When I heard Tom Brady say on Sunday night, "It feels good to be six and two. I thought they're six and two. Yeah, that, That's one of my disappointments. Is that perennially no AFC East team can challenge this this Patriots team that we all can see with our naked eye is good, but they're not great, and they're going to be one of the top two seeds again, probably, and they're probably... So the earliest that they're going to lose is the divisional round, obviously. And they just are not that good. They're, they're fine. They're not exceptional. That was Tom Brady's the, terrific. That was one of the things that I almost put down when we were doing our answers, is that I almost want to say the Patriots have been disappointing because you just... Watching their games, you feel like they're three and five, yeah. and then you're like, "Oh wait, they're six and two. They're like everything that Dave said." I'm also disappointed. I don't know if this counts in this spectrum of what we're talking about, but the fact that Brian Hoyer got injured disappoints me ah, because yes. I think this Browns team could have been really good, mm. could have really challenged the Bengals in the uh, AFC North. So I'm a little disappointed for. Well, the Bengals, as I've been saying since last December, they, that defense ain't jive, and Dalton is the the key because they have all those weapons, and uh, they're looking pretty good now. They go down to Miami on Thursday night and win that one. Then I think they get their bye, and then or I, I'm, I'm not sure about when Baltimore, their bye. Baltimore, Baltimore, and then up, they have right? Baltimore. Yeah. If they win that, let's say they beat Miami, which is not a gimme because the Dolphins really, really need that one, and it's prime time, and it does seem like the home team, at least for a little while, gets a little boost out of that. But yeah, if they then if they win that and then beat Baltimore, the division's over. It'll be it'll be week ten, and the North is going to be settled in favor of the Bengals. We did it an instant debate on NFL.com. Biggest disappointment of the midseason. I said RG 3s comeback. Brian Schottenheimer's inability to use Tavon Austin after all the talk. I mean, all the yeah, pre-draft talk one. is crazy. The Steelers have lost three games to teams with a combined record of seven and fourteen. The Jags' hideous new uniforms, which can't change. By the way, Dolphins' unis. Can you give me a give me a, a uniform? I said uh, they look like. Well, when they wear the all white, they look like fancy pants uh, stormtroopers to me. 
I like the fancy favorite. pants stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah, I like the stormtroopers. Yes, yeah, it's it's all right. It's far better than what the Jags are wearing. The I said Chiano. You know, when you talk about the Jags, at least you can look at their roster and say, yeah, they shouldn't win very much or or at all. The the Bucks make no sense. They had Doug Martin. They they don't now. And Vincent Jackson and Darrell Revis and everybody was so excited about that. So they even won a game. That's yeah. one thing for them not to be good. It's another thing for them to be over. Brian Hoyer, like I like Rank points out, who knows what would have happened? They wouldn't have beaten the Bengals, but still, that was a shame for that. Then so quickly, Shobbs Texans, Kelly's offense, and then I have the Falcons won. But the Eagles, real quick, what happened to the Revolution? What's I mean, no quarterback? I mean, that's that's it's not complicated. I mean, I think well, but I it think was at least you could say the defense was lousy, but it's not the defense. No, I, of but late. I, I think though, I think people there there's people that were on the sidelines just waiting to jump in and say, "I told you this offense would never work." I talked to coaches around the National Football League and said that everybody around the league is stealing is watching what Philadelphia is oh, doing really? and stealing stuff that they're wow. running. So it's not it's it, they don't have a quarterback. I don't care what offense you're running. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be successful. Fancy plays don't matter. But the stuff they're doing with the package plays, in terms of they come to, they, they talked about it in the Redskin game, uh, I believe on TV, where they come to the line of scrimmage, you have a run play called, but you also have a pass play called as well, and you make your decision post-snap as opposed to pre-snap. Teams all around the league are, are, are doing that stuff now. So the innovation is legitimate. They need to get a quarterback, and then we'll, let's have a determination of whether or not it works at that point in time. Uh, but, you know, look, Matt Barkley – it's not. It's not. A, Boy, it's he not going to work. It's he not, looks it's like a reach work. in the third round. Wow, is that where he went? Fourth, third, fourth, fourth round. Fourth round. He's he gonna, really looks so out of his depth. Yeah, he does seem like he doesn't have a, a big league arm. Will they cut him during that, the season? Like, you nah, I don't think during the season they probably need him to play for a little bit until Foles gets back. But I mean, Awful. it's not. It's not a fit for him, and I don't see how it ever is going to really be a fit for him. And that's a tough situation. That's one of those deals where. Different organizations handle things differently. Now, he was a fourth-round pick and not a second-round pick. But, I mean, I've been mm-hmm. on teams before where we've carried a second-round pick on our roster, and he had no business being on our roster. We carried him for two or three years before we felt like, okay, now we can save face and right. just kind of move on. That's another thing. Take a guy in the second round, and a year later you go, wash your hands, you're done with this guy. But it's a fourth-round yeah. pick, so maybe, maybe they do move on. Let me ask what you this real quick here's... because it's germane to talking about the uh, disappointments. The one, the if you're thing, the Steelers. I had a question about the go. Eagles, though. The one thing that stands out to me is that I don't think they have the receivers. Don't they need bigger Oregon physical? Ha- Oregon had bigger receivers, physical receivers, to make plays over the top and also to help, you know, kind of block, block. in that perimeter run game that they use. But, I mean, also, I mean, I think, isn't McCoy leading the NFL in rushing right now? I don't know if he still is. Yeah, he's he's still got 733 yards. He's leading the NFL in rushing. So, I mean, and, and Deshaun Jackson's explosive plays, he's right up on the top of the list in terms of the explosive plays. They lose Jeremy Macklin. You know, I look. I, they they need to get some different pieces in there, but it all starts with a quarterback. I really think if they get a quarterback in there with this running back offensive line, I don't think it's that bad. They're pretty athletic. I, I think this offense is has got a chance to really work, but not without a quarterback. All right, so we're talking about uh, disappointment. So if you are the Steelers at this point, or the Texans, or or, or the Falcons, what do you think about teams? Because it's easy for me to say, I, I hope the Steelers now just lose out at this point, and they get uh, so they can get Jadavian Clowney or I don't know who else, Anthony, Anthony Barr, Barr, whatever. Yeah. So they get whatever they need to address. But what about that? Have you ever heard teams talk about any any players or coaches or anybody say like, let's just lose now, let's just not go out, let's just because there are two things. One is you can intellectually decide that. But if you're, you know, your 300-pound guys are running fast and and, mm-hmm. and trying to intentionally run themselves into you, to ta- it would be hard to 
to get up for the game until you realize, oh, these guys are, I, I can't play half speed because uh, it'll hurt even worse than it usually does. And two, I mean, you know, the merit of tanking a season when people are paying and everything yeah. else yeah. for the games. You're getting paid for play. I mean, your your paycheck's dependent right. on your performance. So I don't really buy into individuals tanking or anything. Well, like that. let but me just say this. Let me just interrupt. But NBA does it all the time. The 76ers are blatantly tanking this season. We're just not bringing in pieces so that we're in good position to win Andrew Wiggins next year. Teams do it. It's yeah, not like think, nobody's I, ever I, done I think, that. I think most of those NBA players, though, are more solidified in their roles and you know, in terms of being secure on their, on their roster, whereas the NFL... You can you could have Matt Schaub could have had you know three or four four thousand yard seasons. He has a bad five or six right. games. You're moving on. Yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, if Carmelo Anthony you know shoots twenty five percent for the last fifteen games of the year, he's not. It doesn't matter. He's not going anywhere. I I just can't see how it happens. I mean, you'd have to be as a coach, you'd have to be incredibly secure in your job that like I'll be back next year. I mean, Mike Smith. No doubt on my Mike mind. Smith is on the hot seat right, right now, and they've done nothing but win right. over the last five or six Same years. Same as a general manager. So the general manager would have to get would say, I'm so secure in my job that I'm I'm making the call that we should lose games so that I can pick. You know that that's not a uh, sure thing. Then he'd have to persuade the coach the same thing, and then the coach is going to say to the players, by the way. We've got new. We want to bring in new guys, so all your jobs are going to be at risk. But we want you to play badly. That just I, that, that that doesn't. I add don't up know. To me. I just know that the teams have done it. People always in say the, the Pittsburgh. I'm not NFL. That's why right. it's interesting because it of the nature of the, the game. The only reason you couldn't though is because of the physicality of it. Right. The NHL. I mean, people always say the Penguins tanked in 1984 to get Lemieux in, who was the clear cut number one. And yeah, but those are that paid off. Those are sports with minor leagues, like baseball. You can. Do stuff like that because you can just call up minor leaguers and sell off your yeah. veterans and hockey the same way. Uh, just, that's a good. If point. you just wanted to bring up kids from the minors, and say, "Look, we'll just play with these that's guys." That's interesting. Yeah, that's a that's that is the difference. You're right about that. The rest of you are wrong. No. <laughs> Dave, before <laughs> we leave the uh, the disappointment conversation this morning, I actually put up the piece of content. We have an instant debate up on NFL.com where we ask fans the same question: Who or what was the biggest disappointment in the first half of the season? I put that up. on I Twitter. hope it wasn't this podcast. No, I put. Well, oh, you're, you're you're close. I put it up on Twitter within 30 seconds. At Shawnee Gilbo replied, "Black tie." Just, <laughs> just subpar performances again and again. Wow. And then, of course, the, the hashtag fire black tie. That's wow. so great. Same on you for that. Uh, Percy Harvin doesn't agree, but uh, you know what? The uh, a vote's a vote. He takes too much pride in it now. He really does. Being so bad that everybody wants it. He doesn't understand the difference between real, legit, like heat. And Xbox, like, just go away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Black Tie, let's get through the blacklist here. What coach or coaches are or at least should get fired? I'll start with you, Rank. Ooh, Gary Kubiak. You think so? The window's the, closed. The era is over. You know what? I want to change my mind. I want to throw out another one. I want to say Jeff Fisher. This is not hmm. – give him one more year because, I, you know, if you want to start with a new coach when the team moves to Los Angeles, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff Fisher has not had a winning season since 2008. So I, I don't understand why everybody just, hey, this guy's a great coach. Really? Because what, what has he done in the last five, six, seven years? Like, But you know what? Let him, let him drive. It's interesting. Sing. His hiring practices, at least, because if I've learned anything from Jeremiah and other guys who watch the X's and O's as closely as they do, they will all tell you, Brian Schottenheimer is as out of his depth as any offensive coordinator in the NFL. DJ, how say you? Well, I, I think you look at Tampa Bay, Shiano, that ship is probably sailed. Is this contract Minute. too 
I think he's got a lot. I think he's got a good bit. Oh, left on no, that whenever. Thing. That never happens. That, that, that never that, ends up getting no, in the that's way. That's not going to get in the way, especially when you look at all the. I mean, you talk about, the well, glazers? they don't want to pay him this. Well, look at all the money you just paid Revis, you just paid Goldstein, right. you it's played Knicks, you played Vincent Jackson. I mean, I don't think that is going to inhibit them. I, I also look at Minnesota with Leslie Frazier. Just, yep. It just. It, I just think they're going to look to go in another direction. I'll be anxious to see if they do anything on the personnel side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they're not in good shape right now. And that, that's one of those deals where Christian Ponder hasn't worked out, and usually you miss on a first-round quarterback, coach, or GM, and sometimes both. Um, so I, I would be uh, that's I would one of your not creeds. be surprised. That's one of your best creeds. I like that. Handsome. I will, I mean, I don't think there are any answers beyond those ones right now. There's oh, no sure way there I, are. I'll tell you them when you're all right, done. Well, well, quiet now. Um, I, there's no way that Shiano's back. That everything right, that's coming that's out done. of Tampa, that that's that, over. that sounds horrible. Um, but I, the 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 one that I'm interested in because he clearly has a job for life. But Tom, I think Tom Coughlin may decide himself that he that the if there is rebuilding to be done in New York, that he doesn't necessarily want to have to go through that. Well, they're only two games out in that crummy division, which brings me to an answer. Talk about the. That's why I said it the way I did. Deserve. Jason Garrett deserves already. We bury Tony Romo. I bury Tony Romo. I, I, does, I, I No, with an asterisk. If they go 8-8 eight and eight again, even if that's good enough to win that bum division, he's still, it's time to turn that thing over already. The pattern of, but isn't of coming funny? up if short in close this. games is who's, I mean, is what was Sunday's game Tony Romo's fault? No. Was it Des Bryant's fault? No. Was it the defenses? Yes, in this case. When they lost to, to Denver, it was Romo's fault you can go down the list and and the elliot harrisons of the world will apologize for one guy and blame it on another the one recurring um factor is is jason garrett and i know that he went to harvard but he keeps getting outsmarted and if, if princeton. you enjoy it princeton right Oh, Prince Princeton. Princeton. If you enjoy it, you should be hoping that him and Romo are back next year so you, we can talk about it it's all over again. It's not enjoy. It's not about and enjoy. So what are you a closet right, Cowboys here. fan? What about, Let me just tell you some big name who do, guys. Who, who, who do you think the Cowboys would replace him with? Bill Callahan? Everybody keeps saying Gruden because he has all those defensive guys there that he coached with. That's you know that's the rumor that you hear what about, floating around out there. What about Nick Saban? Yeah. I think if Nick Saban leaves Alabama, it would be for Texas. That's it. Why would he do Why? that? I don't understand the 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 idea re- behind doing that. It's just silly, silly Texas money, crazy money. Well, Here's what does what he I, make there? Like Eight million at Bama? It doesn't matter. Texas. When you look at like the revenue producing schools, it's Texas. Like, but when three people miles say that, and then the second fine. Team. But when people say that, like I really Alabama. am in that camp. Maybe it's simplistic. But when people say. I mean, re- I, I get the, the, the personal slight that people take, like, ah, oh, you're not paying me. But I, this is a slap in the face. You want me to take a hometown discount kind of thing. And I get that, that there's some level of uh, of ego involved in that. But really, at some point, wouldn't if you're Nick Saban, wouldn't you say, what do I need any more money? I live in Tuscaloosa, well, uh, Alabama. I, I, that's what do, what do I need any money for? There's right? a couple things. So we'd probably rather live in Austin than Tuscaloosa. All right, well, now that's, that's a legit that's one. Going to make a lot more money, number two. Number I've never three, been to number Tuscaloosa, three, number but. three. It's obviously the guy. It, the guy's accomplished so much in, at Alabama. It's almost to the point now where he's not even truly appreciated as much as maybe he would like. You go to Texas and you get that thing turned around. Now it's like this whole new level of appreciation for for Nick Saban. This thing's on autopilot. But they have right his, now But they have a statue of him up next to next to Bear Bryant. You can't. Yeah. They, they might even take that down. I know, but even, they lose. They they play a close game at Alabama now, and it's just like the sky is falling. I think you'd like to go somewhere where he could. 
go if he goes ten and three his first year at Texas, they would freak out. They'd That's be an so interesting. Is recruiting so you, at Texas easier? Is that? I mean, it, he'd have a both places. Pool yeah, and, both places are autopilot. Right. I mean, you're, you're you're selecting more than you're recruiting. Yeah. Could we ever see a coach do something crazy? I'd love to see. I know this will never happen, and this only would occur in a video game. Is Nick Saban being like, you know what? I'm going to go to San Diego State. And if he could win a national championship with San Diego State, he will have proven it because, okay, you can win at LSU. That's a great idea. You can win at Alabama. You'll go win one at Texas. You'll impress me if you win one at San Diego State. Does he Does he have to keep Bob Toledo as the offensive coordinator? <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, let's, okay. Let's, let's keep upping the degree of difficulty. That's a great call, Although, Rank, he, because San Diego State, yes. I was going to say, well, yeah, then you got to go. Like, if it's Fresno, you wouldn't want to do it because you don't want to go to Fresno. But you choose the optimal locale, yeah. San Diego. You're living in San hey, Diego. Hey, look at Steve Fisher. Look at Lifestyle Steve. upgrade. Hey, come on, assistant coaches. Let's move out to San Diego. We'll all get boats. It'll be terrific. Well, I mean, Steve uh, Fisher <laughs> takes over the San Diego State basketball program. And if you look, had told me, you know, 10 years ago that San Diego State would have a much better basketball program than UCLA, which they have for the last handful you. of years, you would have told me that? I would have told you that. Well, I covered, really? I covered college basketball, so I saw that coming. Settle down with the no. San Diego State is better than UCLA they're, in basketball. They are. They w- oh, they're well ahead of them now. Right now, they're well ahead of them. For a two-year blip. By well, the way, this it's like about the Clippers versus years. the Lakers. It's, it's been about five years, yeah. but... You know what? This is just a fun thing I would do if I was San Diego State. I'm sorry, Black Tie, for extending this. This is the most San Diego State-centered podcast in NFL.com. <laughs> oh, we without, get into the whack without, and the without, Big West baseball. Without Akbar, yes. <laughs> if I was – if you saw the game with Fresno State on Saturday night well, – I, I did. Didn't, I didn't think Bob Toledo was ter- – well, maybe he was. Okay. I would ditch Qualcomm, and I would say, let's go play our games in Petco. If we're going to play in an empty stadium, let's make it fun and play in that stadium. Let's have a warehouse out there. Why not? You're it does look State. Be, and that was one of the better crowds I think they've had recently. That is be, well, it's all Fresno State yeah. fans coming down. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Same thing. It's a, this is a, I love this idea, Rank, because it's the same thing. If I were 18 and being recruited, I was the best running back in the country, I would go to a place that has no history, so I would go down in that at that school as the all-time legend. What do I want to go to USC for? Oh, yeah, you're one of uh, 74 great running backs that we've had that were in Heisman contention. No. I'm going somewhere where no one, where, where there rank, is no competition. Rank. I'll be the king for the rest of my when life. You, when you hear Savannah State football, you think right. of Dave Damashek. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that could have been. It's true. That, that, it, been. Well, that also really. requires that my mother would have let me play football. But if that, if those things would have happened, that would have been true. it. Who's the preeminent San Diego State alumnus? Is it Marshall Falk or Tony Gwynn? We've been having this. Ooh. I've been having this debate with Akbar. Fred, Fred Dreyer doesn't even get a mention, does he? Fred Dreyer, him and Haven Moses are in the. You, you know, you what should about, have that about, debate with is with Marshall Falk. What about <laughs> what about what's the name of, what's the name of the actor that played Apollo again? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, another San also, Diego State yeah. guy. Jeez. Um, Creed. I'll tell you, I, I cannot get enough of the. Ro- I, I'm sorry to bring it up, Black Tie. I have one more. <laughs> I just have to say something about Creed. I have to. I mean, not about Creed, about Balboa. I, you know, the thing that is remar- <laughs> one of the many remarkable aspects of of, of the uh, of those movies is when we meet Pauly, the ne'er do well brother. Mm-hmm. Who is, of course, you know, he's he's Adrian's older brother, disheveled, right? Well, yeah, he's a drunk. He's everything, you know. He's he's he's. He, I think he's making book. Maybe he's not making book. I thought I mean, he was. I thought he's was down on the docks. You know, he's he's you know, he's a ne'er do well, like I say, and he's so bad that in the first one, 
the first Rocky, I think Adrian makes a turkey and he throws it on the ground for Thanksgiving. He throws her turkey at the holidays. That's his, <laughs> that's his blood and he, he, he dashes it on the floor like so much trash. Adrian, they end up getting together. They end up getting married and making a baby. <laughs> and he continues to berate his sister. And yet, by the start of Rocky Three, it's like, ah, Polly, all's forgiven. And they just rub him on his bald head like he... He abused his sister. He beat her up. He mentally abused her. She's not. She doesn't have a learning disability or anything. But when we meet her in Rocky, we think she does because she's so emotionally ravaged by her older brother with whom she lives that she hasn't been able to emerge from that shadow until Balboa puts his arm around her and takes her away. Why does he? Keep, why do they keep Polly around? They should have been hit the bricks, old man. You, you, you fat pig. You should have. You backed the wrong horse this time around. Instead, no, no, come work in the corner with us, Polly. You're hilarious. Dave, who, 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 That's who, so true. Who else would they get to deliver the hit the one in the middle line if Polly wasn't oh, there? Now listen, you're not going to get any argument from me on that. Okay. I'm just wondering where Balboa and more more uh, directly Adrian. And where they're coming from, like, yeah, you know, he's my brother. We got to hang. Yeah, he hit you. He, he he hit you when you were a grown up, and he was a grown man. All right, enough of that. One last thing. <laughs> I have one more. Real How quick long one. is this podcast? Long. It's very long. Mike Smith, I feel like, has been successful. You can't fire him, I guess. But that defense is consistently crummy. I mentioned Jason Garrett, um, Mike Tomlin. Is I mean this this season is now officially off the rails for the Steelers. Any of those guys in jeopardy? I, I, I'd have no idea. I mean they both have accomplished so much with those teams, so you would think they would both be safe. But who knows? I mean you deal you could be dealing with the owner that's in a quirky mood and wants to go in a different direction. The Falcons thing. I watched their game this morning, and you know just up front they're not very good on both sides. They've had injuries at left tackle. They have no pass rushers on the outside. Defensive tackle they're not bad. Uh, but they just have no edge rushers. Um, the injuries they've had, I, I, again, I bring it up to other people around the league. All this, you know, what's wrong with the Falcons? Well, they're injured. Well, we're all injured. That's so, exactly right. So the Packers I, are ravaged. Yeah, I hear the same thing. So it's hard to give them a pass. There, there's not a lot of depth in that roster. That's that's pretty evident. I think the other thing is you need to make sure you're going to get a coach that's better than what you have there. And it doesn't feel like, and DJ, you'd know better, but it doesn't feel like the coaching ranks is kind of bursting with new head coach candidates. We're talking about retreads, guys who've been out of the game for. Uh, you know, a significant period of time in, in the case of John Gruden and Bill Cowher's name still gets brought up year after year. Like, I, I don't see who who's the next big coaching name that's proven themselves. Mm. That's a, no, that's, that's Mike that's Zimmer. How about that? I know he's not he's not on the cutting right. edge. He's not some young guy. But and I, I get that, you know, we see those coordinators who don't translate as head man, a head man. But I feel like it obviously it's worth very little or perhaps even nothing. But you watch Hard Knocks. Mike Zimmer has a way about him. It's not like he's deficient in personality. He's just a tough guy. Yeah, but the Hard Knocks thing is interesting because for every person I talked to that came away from that feeling like, oh, I'd love to have Mike Zimmer as my coach, I had somebody else come to me and say, yeah, he's not fit. He's not because a CEO. Why? He's, not, he's not a CEO, like presidential type head coach that people think that you need to have. So there's people that are split on him with that. But I, I want to ask you one question before I'm, I'm leaving your studio. If you're Mike Tomlin... And the Roonies come to you and say, all right, you're coming back next year. But next year we have to have – we have to be back in the playoffs and our standard has to be met in order for you to stay on as our head coach. And USC calls and offers you $4 million a year to move out to Southern California and be the head coach at USC, five-year contract. What would you do? 
here's why I would always skew towards a side with the pros with very few exceptions. I because as we've talked about on this show, recruiting seems like the worst. That just but seems like coaches, that would be so the head, unenjoyable. The head, coaches, the head coaches now because of some of the rules, they don't they aren't allowed to go out. Oh, you're as kidding. Much. Yeah, so that that's the favor that the NCAA really ah. did for the head coaches. So they don't have to to get out quite as much as, as the assistants do. Hmm. I might be L.A. bound then in that case. I just, I, again, I, as long as I don't have to recruit, because how crummy would that be to be like, hey, to have to do that sell job Joyce, however many times. Joyce, <laughs> Joyce, I've seen a lot of players in my day, but your son, Jimmy, he's, he's the, best the best one I've ever seen. And how much do they Until lie? Until I get to Becky's house. Yeah. Do and they lie and Joey. say, what, what is the sell? Well, someday we should do that. Let's do that at a separate date. But I'd like to go through the you should be there. Maybe we could do a role playing thing. DJ is the head coach and the, or no, you'll be the player and then we'll get one of the ex players in here to re, to to go over what it sounds like. I'll give you like. my quick my quick re- recruiting story here before I leave. My brother uh, was was a quarterback as well. He went to ended up going to Liberty. Turned down some Ivy League schools to go to Liberty, uh, which is an interesting discussion. But so <laughs> the, the head coach of Liberty at the time was Sam Ritigliano and his son Paul was a recruiting coordinator. I'm I'm younger than my brother, nine years, no, seven years younger than my brother. I grew up a huge cowboy fan, so he comes in for his home visit to recruit my brother, and he asks me, "Who's your favorite football team?" Oh, Dallas Cowboys. Who's your favorite player? Oh, I love love Herschel Walker. He leans forward in his chair and goes, "I tell you what, uh, I know Herschel Walker. I'm going to get you an autograph picture, and I'll have it sent here to your house." I'm the little brother, so for the next, <laughs> as my brother is trying to figure out, is he going to go to Princeton, Dartmouth, Liberty? I'm, you got to go to Liberty. This is the best. You got to go to Liberty. Still waiting on that Herschel Walker. Picture. And that's oh, why wow. he went there too. Your older brother did it as a favor to you, yep. and you still haven't gotten never the got the uh, the Herschel thing. Nope, never never showed up. Think about that. How football mm-hmm. history might have been changed. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You could have had an Ivy League education. His tight end, though, at, at Liberty at that time, his tight end was Eric Green. Wow. You will appreciate hey, who? Hey, real quick. I know you're leaving. But so but was it like a heavy recruiting for you to go to Appalachian I, I State? Got, I, well, I went to Northeast Louisiana first, so I oh. transferred to Appalachian State. So my my choice came down to it, and it was Northeast Louisiana, Akron. Um, gosh, it was like New Mexico State. I could have gone to Hawaii. Um, you could have gone to Hawaii. Why didn't you terrible. go to Hawaii? Oh, they, were, they were terrible. So your, why? You could have oh, lived in Hawaii they for terrible. four years they for won free. Like, won like one game. What were, you, what were your recruiting visits like? I went to West. Well, then I when I transferred, then I took some visits too, to, to one double A's because I was going to transfer down a level. Uh, the, I went to Western Illinois, which at that time was like transfer use. We had Ed Hartwell played linebacker for the for the Ravens. They had uh, Stecker, the running back. Mm-hmm. So that was their big pitch. We have all these transfers. You can transfer in here. So I go. Yeah, on my but visit. we have Hawaii. Yeah, no. So I, I go on my visit <laughs> and, and uh, I'm going to the airport after the visit. It's in my beautiful Macomb, Illinois, I believe. And uh, I'm getting ready to get on the airplane. And the assistant coach that was recruiting me. Gives me, I think it was sixty dollars, and he said, "Why don't you get yourself a magazine on the way home?" So my, I was like, "My price tag <laughs> is second. My price tag is sixty dollars. Is that legal? Yeah. He's no, not allowed to no, give you money. No, no. But that's <laughs> what it was. I was like, I'm going to choose where I'm going to spend the next three years and put a degree on my wall based on the sixty bucks he just gave me. To what get if on you airplane. got? What if, what if that school got the a guy. recruiting? What, what, if, what if they got put on probation because they gave you sixty dollars? I don't think the right arm of the NCAA was quite reaching to Macomb, <laughs> Illinois, back What's in 1998. Is, what's funny is they told the coach, "Give him two hundred. They gave him two hundred bucks. Right. Like, give this to Daniel. Oh, Jeremiah. he pocketed the buck forty. He took one forty. <laughs> all right, there he goes, Daniel Jeremiah, See, aka at Move the Sticks. Follow him, all his work on the network and on NFL.com. All great. 
grand stuff. Um, real quick, let's just say our NBA names. But we have we. I talked to Ladanian Tomlinson the other day, mm-hmm. and who knew? We talked for ten minutes. He is very well versed in NBA stuff. We got to get him on sooner rather than later for a proper NBA preview. But rank, just tell me your final four, <laughs> and black tie yours too. Let's start with black tie. All right, black tie, you go first. Your NBA final four. Miami, obviously. Not obviously, East. but all right. Yeah, people obviously. are picking against them lately. How, how are they? How is that? I've just heard. I've just heard a well, lot of people, including Ladanian. Well, I'm sorry, LT. He doesn't know what he's talking about. If Miami is not his final. Oh no, four. I'm sorry. You know what? I said, wow. Who? Because I, I saw a thing like uh, three quarters of coaches are picking the Heat to repeat, and I said, who are these 25 percent that aren't picking the Heat? He said, well, a lot of the leagues caught up to the Heat, and he had a whole thing about it. So. Well, yeah, it all depends on Wade's health and if he holds up. If he's what he was in the playoffs for the whole season, which. That is not the case. Michael right now. Beasley's going to be a star for them to watch. <laughs> That's That's, don't laugh, Michael. You uh, hear me? Hear me now. Believe me later. Again, Michael Beasley's going to be a star for them. Here's the thing about body language. It goes across all sports. If you watch Michael Beasley, he is. He let's just say he's not all put together. Let's put it that way. He's all right, not. Well, he's that's not clear. Ready. He doesn't have to right. be the man, though. Miami for sure, and uh, I got to go with the Bulls because they have Rose back, and even though they're not, I don't think they can beat Miami just because they don't have a second star. They're still they still play enough good D, and the Rose is still probably a top four five player in the league. On the West side, you got to go. I like the Clippers this year with mm-hmm. Doc Rivers coming over, sure. improving that defense. I would go with them and Chris Paul, um, best point guard in the league. So I'll go with them and also. I don't the, think he's the best point guard in the league. He is the best point guard. Who, who else is better? Derrick Rose. Well, he's not. He's not that good of a point guard. He's a great scoring guard. He's not. He's not a top three or top four point guard in terms of setting up his teammates. In terms of, in terms of like directing players. All right. Chris Paul is a co- point guard in every sense of the word, like a quarterback is. Um, I would have to go with the uh, Spurs. Spurs are my other team because everyone sleeps on them because they're old, but they keep doing it. I know. I love year. how every every year everybody just assumes like over the over the three month hiatus. Yeah, they suddenly yeah. became decrepit. They were just yeah, yeah. they were they were a lucky not lucky, but they were a Ray Allen three away from winning the yeah, title. They should have nine out of ten. Suddenly times. they've just turned they've de- yeah. they've turned seventy four years of age yep. each. Rank, I'll say you. But Tim Duncan looks like he's eighty. He's old, but listen, he had one of his best seasons last season. But he looked during the efficient. finals. During the finals, they they they, they aged like thirty years, and they should All still right. have won. Who's your pick? No, then? they shouldn't have because they didn't win enough games. Let's to have, we'll win. have a big NBA show uh, later in the week, I hope, or maybe next week. All right, go ahead, Rank. Uh, Bulls, Heat, of course, OKC, and the Clippers. I guess would be my final four. I'm not buying the OKC. Spurs. Boy, there are a lot of questions with that roster. I think after once you get past Kevin Durant, the Heat will defeat. The Indiana Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals and the Golden State Warriors will defeat the L.A. Clippers. The Miami Heat, three straight, four straight finals appearances, three straight crowns. No question left as if there is any at this point. LeBron James, the greatest player in NBA history. That is done just not true. And that's just not true. Are you saying that Michael Jordan is still better than LeBron James? That's silliness. Cut that out already. That's, that's, that's a different conversation, guys. Well, now, magic is a – I like rank saying. All right, we'll talk about that on another show. We'll talk about more pro football, sports, and the greatest game of them all, the game called life. We'll have all of that for you. Meantime, at Adam Rank, at NFL UK Hank, 
at Move the Sticks and at Damashek is how you track us all down. Drop us a line, won't you? We'll uh, we'll be back with more Hui and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.